tonight, uh, I want to talk about the breath. The better you breathe, the stronger you'll be. Uh, if you talk to any professional runner, like a marathon runner, and especially if you talk to one who is in the medical field, one who's a doctor or a nurse or whatever, they're going to tell you that if you will breathe intentionally and correctly, you will actually be able to run further before fatigue sets in. Breathing the right way will actually give your body the feeling that it's not having to work quite as hard. The reason is, is because the oxygen, the more you breathe, the more oxygen will get to your muscles and the longer they will be able to function under whatever stress it is being presented with. If it's a long distance run or if it's, you know, you're kickboxing or you're uh, Taibo or whatever it is that you do, if you'll breathe, you'll be able to do that actual activity longer if you will breathe because that oxygen's getting to your muscles. You might call that endurance. Everyone say endurance. How many of you guys know that feeling whenever you do a little bit of exercise or even just go down to the mailbox at a quick pace because you think that check from the lottery's in? You guys know what I'm talking about? And you get there quick. I know we won this time, baby. You know, and you get there and you're like breathing hard. You're breathing hard. And like right there in that moment, you make a commitment to Jesus himself. Lord Jesus, I will, I will walk forward with faith like a child if you will just help me run and breathe like a child from here on out. And so you start working out again. You hit the treadmill. You hit your elliptical or whatever it is that you do. And you listen, you might be faithful to warm up like Brian was talking about a couple weeks ago to warm up. And then you might even be a little more faithful to start stretching and doing all of those things. You may even put the effort in to work out for hours and hours and hours per week, hard work. But how you breathe is just as important to building stamina as the workout itself. I'm going to give you two great points of advice as it relates to breathing. Write this down real quick. Breathe in deep. Breathe in deep as much as you can through your mouth is a great way because it allows the oxygen to come in and where it needs to be quicker and it's going to do its job faster. I can remember when I was in high school, my track coach, uh, he would tell me to do that. He said, Tony, if you, if you find yourself um, struggling for breath or, or winded or even feeling like this fatigue, especially if it's early on or any, at any point in the race, take um, a deep breath and hold that for as many steps as you can. Now, you got to be smart because if you try to be a, you know, a hero and you hold it for like half a lap, you're going to pass out and, you, of course, you've lost the race, you know. But you might hold the breath for three, four, maybe five steps or however long. Hold that breath in. Believe it or not, that can actually make that fatigue begin to go away. It can make you feel like you have what you might call a second wind. So breathing in deep is really important. We're going somewhere, so follow me. The other thing is breathe in rhythm. Okay, If you will breathe in rhythm, establish some sort of groove, some sort of pattern to your running. Now, nobody ever actually told me this, but I've always done that. When I'm running, it might be like a... And that breathing pace or pattern might be different depending on your speed. You might be, you know, doing um, two, by, two and two or two and three or whatever, you know what I mean? But if you'll do it with some sort of rhythm, some sort of pattern, that consistency actually does something in the whole breathing thing as well. And I've always done that. I've always breathed with some sort of rhythm, rhythm even though it could be because I'm a musician and maybe I'm just kind of weird and I do things like that. But um, I've 
eventually learned that that's actually a thing if you will run on rhythm. So if you will breathe deep and then breathe with some sort of consistent pattern, some sort of consistent rhythm or groove. Breathing is important as it relates to running a physical race. Okay, now the question is, is could there be something in this race of faith that would apply as well? Breathing. There's two specific words in the Bible that I want to bring attention to. One is the word ruach. It's Hebrew. And it means wind or breath. Ruach. Okay? Wind or breath. But interestingly, when it talks about the Holy Spirit, it's the exact same word. You guys hear that? That the Holy Spirit is likened to wind or breath. Now, that's the Old Testament, Ruach. And if you, were, if you saw Holy Spirit, it would be Ruach Kadesh, okay? Ruach Kadesh, that means Holy Spirit or Spirit Holy, okay? Now, if you go to the New Testament, it's not going to be Hebrew because it's going to be Greek. And the Greek word for breath or wind is pneuma, the word in the New Testament that they would use for the Holy Spirit. So you think about, okay, in a physical run or race activity, the more breath that you have, the deeper that you breathe it in. And even if you do it consistently with some sort of rhythm, it benefits you greatly. It, it can even delay the feelings of fatigue. Another way that we said it is it can make you go the distance or it can give you endurance. You guys are probably already in your head, you've preached the sermon to yourself, right? You guys picking up what I'm laying down? Paul says that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. He says the same thing in Galatians 5.16. Walk by the Spirit. He goes on in verse 25. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us also, this is great, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Step by step, maybe even with a rhythm, maybe even with a pace. In Acts chapter 1 it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive what? Power. Power. Okay, we'll, go back. we'll come back to that. Acts 13, it says, And the disciples of Jesus were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So there's this continual filling, this rhythm that even the disciples knew that they had to be in. And that filling was the Holy Spirit. That rhythm, that uh, pattern, if you will, of their life was breathing in the Holy Spirit, living by the Spirit. When God created man, it says in Genesis 2-7 that the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. We don't even live without God's breath, okay? We're going to come back to that, but Genesis 17, God changes Abram's name to Abraham. It says... No longer shall your name be called Abram, but Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. And then he goes on in in verse 15 of the same chapter, says, Then God said to Abraham, As far as your wife, Sarai, you shall not call her Sarai anymore, but you're going to call her Sarah. I will bless her. Indeed, I will give you a son. 
by her, then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of all nations. And you guys remember the story. Sarah literally laughed because they were old. But this is important to the story. These guys were old. They had already been running this race of life or whatever for a while. God shows up and he promises him, actually, no, Abraham, you're going to go even further. And even what I'm going to do with you is going to be an everlasting covenant. So it's going to be a marathon of miracles that I'm going to perform starting right here. Now, if you think about that name change, you may have heard this, you may not. But what God did to change both of their names is he inserted one Hebrew letter. And that letter is called, hey. Everybody say, hey. Now, drag it out a little bit. Hey. It's the letter hey, and it actually has that sound. So everybody do that. So you can think about when God added that letter to this guy named Abraham that he was going to need to go a further distance. I mean, Sarah was laughing about it. You know, really? Babies? I'm this old. I've never even had a child. How am I going to have one now? God's like, I need you to go the distance. It doesn't matter how long you've been going. What you need is a second wind. And he says, I'll give it to you. Your name will be Sarah. And Abraham's name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. And God breathed into those guys. Isn't that amazing? That's something you may not know, and and you can, it's fascinating, actually. You can study and look it up on your own. But that letter in the Hebrew is attributed to the breath of God. It's the letter hey. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to need better than that. I mean, this is cool, right? So you think about what God did there. Now, listen, let me come back to Abraham because, you know, Abraham is the father of our faith. You know, Sarah is the mother of our faith, but Abraham, father, Abraham had many sons, you know. And so Abraham is the father of our faith. Abraham is the one uh, that God made this covenant with and, and that whole scene Um, that happens a little bit later. But I want you to listen to this. And and you can write this down if you want to. God was asking Abraham to go the distance. Did you know that God's not going to ask you to go the distance unless he also gives you the grace to go the distance? God needed Abraham to go a distance further. And the covenant he was going to make was an uh, everlasting covenant. And so what did he need? He needed grace or power. Remember, the Holy Spirit will come upon you with Power, the breath of God, the pneuma will come upon you with power. Abraham needed some power. I mean, even think about an old man with all these kids. He's going to need something, right? He's going to be run ragged. Here's the thing about that letter that God decided to insert that day. It's the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, it's the fifth letter. And actually, their letters all have numeric values. And so it makes sense that that letter would also be their number five. You guys hear what I'm saying? Why is that significant? Before I even tell you, let me tell you one more thing. In Genesis chapter 26, God is recapping this covenant with Abraham's son, Isaac. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I will tell you. And then he, verse three, he says, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and bless you for you, 
Uh, For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands. I will establish the oath, which I swore to your father, Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. I will give you and your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Recaps the promise. And then look what he says in verse five, by the way. This is good. I could go even further than this, but I won't. In verse five, it says, here's why this is going to happen, Isaac. Here's why this is still going to be able to go down. Because Abraham obeyed me, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Literally five things that God specifically said because he did those five things here in verse five, that grace that I inserted into his name is going to be there. He's going to be able to go the distance. Why is that important? Because in scripture, numbers sometimes can have a, a, a meaning or they can have a consistent theme attached to it. And there's a specific theme attached to the number five in scripture. Guess what it is? Grace. When God inserted that H into Abraham's name and inserted that H into Sarah's name, he breathed into him and her. And what came was the power or the grace, the ability to do what God called them to do, to run the race, not in such a way as to fall out from exhaustion, but in such a way as to win, to go the distance. And you see, even now, and in the, you see it in the, in the New Testament, referred to all the time, our father Abraham, or the father of our faith, Abraham, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, still referred to <laughs> as the father of our faith. Because now he wasn't just Abraham, but he's the father of nations. And Sarah's name doesn't just mean noble, but now it means mother of nations. He did something beyond and further than what they could have ever thought or imagined. I think about us in this room and I think about what God wants to do that is far above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. Some of us know that he's stirring that in us right now, but we're hugging the curve because we're afraid that it might not take place or we can't handle what's coming over the hill. But I'm telling you, what God wants to do as you run this race, as you go the distance, is he wants to breathe into you. He wants to insert his pneuma, his ruach, his Holy Spirit, his breath into you. And he wants you to take it in deep. You guys hear what I'm saying? Everybody take in the deepest breath you can right now. Ready? Hold it. If you do it right, there should actually be this really good feeling for about four or five seconds, and then you start panicking, right? You can let it out. <sighs> Try that again. You guys know what I'm talking about? It especially feels good when you're running, and sometimes you have to do it a couple times. I don't know if you, you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes when you're running, you're running, and you're like, oh, I'm feeling that fatigue. I need to take some deep breaths, and you might take one, and it doesn't quite get there. You guys know what I'm talking So you let it out, and you try it again. <sighs> And you might even do it a couple times, but one time, at some point, it's going to take. And it's like it reaches this place. And it feels, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And it feels so good, and you're able to hold it 
for longer than you could, maybe the first couple of tries, because it reaches this place inside of you, and that's when it's doing its work. You guys hear what I'm saying? I think what happens is, think about this progression. God breathed into us the first time and brought our physical bodies to life. Isn't that right? We, are, we were born, let me say it that way. But you guys remember that conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus about being born again? He said, unless you were born of the spirit, context clues class, come on. <laughs> unless you were born of the spirit, you will not sing the kingdom of heaven. So we're born naturally, but then something happens spiritually when we're born again. And scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. Amen? The cool thing is, is you got the physical or the temporal life that we have, but as soon as we're born again, now we have eternal life. So let's just all celebrate. Yay, I get to go to heaven. Boom, done deal. It even says that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, right? Right? But we've talked about this in the race. What is it? That is the real reward. Making it to heaven, that's a good reward. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Or being with Jesus for eternity, I'm looking forward to that. But we've talked about how the real reward is hearing him say, well done. Now let me ask you a question, class. What is this prescription for such words being spoken to us? Living by the Spirit. Living according to the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. Be ye continually filled by the Spirit. Breathing in deep the Holy Spirit. Not just, not just taking advantage of a fly-by-night breathing in of something, but taking it in in such a way, oh, it didn't work. Oh, I guess I'm not going to be able to run that extra lap. I'll try again. Still didn't work. I better stop right here. God says, try again. Breathe so deep. Because when you do, it'll reach a place where you're able to catch that second wind. And all of a sudden, that fatigue that you felt goes away. You guys hear what I'm saying? In short, let me say this. And I heard heard a pastor, and you guys have heard this. I've heard a pastor say one time that the Holy Spirit is the number one ignored person in the church. (laughs) That people aren't living by the Spirit And maybe because they're afraid of some gift of the Holy Spirit. Or because they're afraid they can't display some fruit of the Holy Spirit. Or all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, class. If you you aren't going to breathe in deep the Holy Spirit because you're afraid you'll speak in tongues. Or you're afraid you might prophesy. Or you're afraid you might do something a little above average or normal. Well, dude, isn't that what it's about? The Holy Spirit brings the supernatural. Now, obviously, that can get twisted, and now we're telling people that you don't even have the Spirit unless you do this, this, and this, and that's not right. That's hugging the shoulders, though. If that thought or those fears or those weird things that you have in mind, bad theologies that maybe you've been taught somewhere along the way, are keeping you hugging the road, I'm telling you, God is saying, get out in the middle of the road, and you soar. You feel that wind in your face like we talked about last week. Breathe in deep. But let me also say this. Establish a pattern. Living by the Spirit doesn't happen by chance. 
It happens intentionally. There's a rhythm to living by the Spirit. And I don't have time to nail all that down. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time, but let me just tell you, how many of you know, if you're going to live by the Spirit, you can't do it when you feel like it or every now and then. It is a continual thing. And when you do it with a rhythm or in a pattern or you find your groove of walking by the Spirit, how many of you know there's something that happens inside of you? There's something that happens inside of you. Some of you may be in this place and you have such an intense struggle, and we'll just call it what it is, a struggle with the flesh, sin, because that's the opposite of spirit is flesh. And that's what Paul's saying we gotta, we got to put to death is the works of the flesh and, and um, pick up the spirit, live by the spirit, right? They're in opposition. I'm telling you, you want to get over that struggle, that sin that so easily entangles you. In one place, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, that it's a weight that encumbers us when we're trying to run <laughs> is the context it's used in. You want to do that? Breathe in deep the spirit. It's very difficult for you to follow the deeds of the flesh or the works of the flesh or those sinful desires in you. It's hard to go for those when you've got so much of the spirit in you. <gasps> that feels good. I'm telling you, the Lord will sustain you and he will give you what it takes to go the extra mile. But it takes breathing in deep and having a consistent rhythm. And I want to I talk about something and plug something. I want to show you something really quick. How many of you were at the last encounter service? It was so good. In fact, can we play that video? Hey guys, I'm Brian Lackey, I'm one of the life group leaders. My wife, Sonia, uh, parents of teens life group. And um, I want to talk about encounter, but also wanted to, I was reminded of um, my experience at Kairos. We were talking about Kairos earlier. And just briefly, um, just so you have an idea, some of you know my testimony, um, but my wife and I went through a really tough time and were separated for a while. And it was just because of very poor decisions that I made. And, um, you know, I literally nearly destroyed my family as a result of it. But the Lord is good and and gracious and merciful. And he started restoring um, our family. And, but I went to Kairos and I was still under a lot of, um, guilt, shame, that sort of thing. And the first day, uh, the Lord gave me a new name for myself. It's Redeemed. And I won't l- tell you what the other name was, but but Redeemed was my new name. And uh, the second day, um, after the, the Kairos was completed, as a matter of fact, we were in the car and I was sitting in the back. And it's kind of funny how the Lord works and kind of ties all this stuff together. But I was in the back breathing, just... <sighs> And just a couple times, just deep breaths. And someone said, is everything okay back there? And I said, I feel like um, there's been a 400-pound, 400 pounds on my chest that have been taken off. And for the first time, I can breathe. And I, I think sometimes we don't realize when things get us down, um, when, when things... Um, rob us of, of the full joy that we should have in the Lord that until it's re- been removed, how really bad it was. And I didn't realize how bad that, that condemnation, how the, um, how the guilt, all that had weighed me down until it was gone. And so that's what Kairos is all about. It's about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth speaking to you and showing you those areas that may be holding you back. 
and then uh, him lovingly uh, helping you through that and giving you freedom. So I would encourage everyone to go to Kairos uh, as soon as possible when you get a chance. Well, uh, fast forward. Um, this was about, that was about two and a half years ago or so, uh, maybe April of this past year. Um, I like to work out, and I, I was doing something, and I did something stupid, and um, thinking I was 20 years old, and I had a bunch of heavy weight, and I was going too deep on a bench press and, and hurt my shoulder. It was my right shoulder. And um, my boys play baseball, and I like to throw uh, batting practice to them, that sort of thing. And so it was kind of preventing me from doing that. And so this was back in, in April, and so I'm a physical therapist. So I started, well, I'll change my routine up a little bit and try to work through it, work around it. Well, I did that, and that didn't work. It's getting worse. And so I said, well, I need to make a complete adjustment. So I completely redid my routine, tried to do things that didn't hurt, um, uh, trying to rehab the shoulder as best I could. I did that for six weeks. It was still getting worse. And so I said, well, I went to the doctor, and she agreed with me there's a possibility I might have a labral tear. And I uh, had an MRI, and I confirmed that. It's, it's called a slap lesion. And what that is, I don't want to bore you with this, but um, you know, the shoulder is a ball and socket joint. And the ball is bigger than the socket, and so the socket has a ring of, of cartilage around it that kind of gives support to it. And so that what the MRI showed was that part of that cartilage had torn loose. And uh, it was preventing me from you know, doing the workouts like I, I wanted to do. It was preventing me from reaching over and hugging Sonia in the bed because it hurt. So just daily things had gotten to the point where I couldn't do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I had experienced this before, even back in Kairos. Um, in order to, to get freedom in Kairos, I had to humble myself and be obedient. And so, you know, I've, I've done that before. And so I knew that, well, you know, I need to humble myself in this situation and be obedient. Well, in order to have this surgery that uh, I went and saw a surgeon, and he said, yeah, you, you probably need to have surgery to fix this. There were two options that the, sur- the surgeon gave me. One was to do what's called a slap repair, where they go in and they actually try to sew that cartilage back to the bone. Um, so that I'd be able to lift heavy and do the things that I want to do. Sometimes, though, when you get 40 and 50, which I am, um, they can't make that repair, and there's a, another option, a second surgery, a biceps tenodesis, where they actually take the, the long head off of the, of the labrum, the long head of the biceps off, and they move it down and attach it to the, a little lower on the humerus. And Either one of those options is a long recovery. It's like a 12-month full recovery in terms of being able to throw a ball again, lift heavy, all that kind of thing. But I thought, well, if they do the second one, the biceps, I'm not going to be able to, I, I feel like I won't have that stability in my shoulder, and that's what's really bugging me, but my shoulder feels so unstable. So I was praying, Lord, please help you know, the surgeon be able to fix that shoulder and uh, to be able to, to get that labrum repaired again. And so... Um, it last Wednesday, not this past Wednesday, but Wednesday before we had encounter. And I, I just felt like, you know, the Lord was telling me, Brian, just humble yourself. Um, you know, ask for prayer, ask for anointing of oil and, and be obedient. And so, um, there were some things that funny came up right when we were ready to leave to go to encounter Grayson called and said he had car trouble. And so we had to go over there and get Grayson, so we were late. So there were some things trying to keep us from getting here. And, um, and we got here, 
and uh, we were over in the corner over there, and uh, Randy Hyde was the elder that came over to, to pray, and it was funny. He came up, and he said, <laughs> uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but essentially it was, because you're being obedient and because you're humbling yourself, you know, the Lord is going to honor this. And so uh, he, you know, anointed my head with oil, and, and everybody prayed for me, and he prayed for me. And I'd like to tell you that I got up, and my shoulder was great, and it, it, it was fine. You know, it wasn't. Um, so this past Wednesday, I had surgery. And um, you might notice I'm not in a sling or anything. Um, ordinarily, with the two options, the surgeon said he was going to do option A or B. I'd be in a big sling um, with a big pillow underneath and strapped down for at least a month. And then it's, you know, it's a slow process after that. Um, well, I woke up after the surgery, and the surgeon said, hey, you know, there was a little piece of your labrum on the backside that had folded over, and I was able to trim it up. And he said, you have a, a small rotator cuff tear, and I was able to trim that up. And you had a bone spur, and I was able to trim that off. So he actually didn't have to repair anything. Um, they put me in a, a regular sling and just to use as needed. And I was kind of out of it that first day. Um, Tony knows I kind of sent him a weird text, maybe a year or two. But, <laughs> but um, the next morning, I, I woke up, and I was just sitting in the living room, and it was like it just hit me. I could just feel the Holy Spirit tell me that, um, you know, every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And, and that was a gift from the Lord. The Lord told me, basically, he said, you know, you humbled yourself, and you obeyed, and because you did that, um, I'm going to basically, not only am I going to restore your shoulder, I'm going to cut your recovery time at least in half, and so um, I just feel really blessed by the Lord, and I'm so thankful for the encounter service, and I want to encourage all of you, come to encounter, get filled up by the Spirit, go to Kairos, um, it's, it's a good thing. We've got another testimony, Katura. You may have noticed that both Brian and Katura, hopefully you could hear her okay. The waves were crashing and the birds were chirping and I was afraid something was going to come out of the water and get their daughter. Did you notice that? <laughs> it's like, oh Lord. <laughs> anyway, but you may have noticed that both of them talked about, um, the feeling of, of weight being lifted off of them. And if you remember what we talked about, the deeper you breathe, how did we say it? The deeper you breathe, the more, the further that you are able to run before fatigue will set in. Or the opposite, when you breathe deep, it's not that fatigue doesn't set in or won't set in, but it's that breathing deep consistently. Brian was encouraged that week and experienced the Lord in a powerful way. So did Keturah. Well, guess what? Another month's coming. Something else could discourage. How many of you know another lap's coming? Right? And so we have to consistently breathe in. And I want to encourage you, just like Brian was talking about, and just like Keturah was talking about, take advantage of those things that are set aside for you. Your morning time with the Lord is something that you could have set aside for you. That's something that you do. But I want to encourage you to take advantage of those things, and especially encounter service, because those are designed, prayed over, prepared for you in such a way that you would encounter the Spirit of the living God. 
And what I want to do tonight is I wonder how many in this place are literally feeling heavy burdens, heavy burdens on on their shoulder, on their heart, on their lives, on their families, on their marriages, on their job situations, on their kids. I mean, it, it could be anything. If you were here and you were feeling heavy weights, you know, Scripture says that my, Jesus said, my, my yoke is easy. It's not heavy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. How is that possible? Because the Holy Spirit is able to grace us, fill us up with his power. And I believe that even tonight, this isn't the service to end all services. Everybody's going to walk out of here with this on their shoulder. You know, that didn't happen to Brian, you know. But tonight is an opportunity to breathe deep. Deep.